Beautiful. That's what comes to mind when we think about our human design and we're progressively exposed to the perfection of God's original design. Our lives begin to reflect that beauty. Your life is His design and His design is beautiful. Thank you for engaging with us as we are about to be further exposed to the beauty of His design as we look into the world to see Jesus. Genesis chapter number 14. Salem brought out bread and wine. He was a priest of the most, all right, and he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hands. And he gave him a tithe of all. Verse 21. Now the king of Sodom said to Abraham, Give me the persons and take the goods for yourself. Verse 22. of a living God your presence is here and we know it our hearts are open the 
spirit of truth and revelation is in this meeting. We thank you because our hearts resonate with the truth of your word, the truth of the gospel. Lord, it is my prayer that everyone under the sound of my voice will experience in truth what this message contains. Every single one. We experience the revelation that is contained in this word. Every single one will experience the truth that is contained in this word right from this moment. As we leave this service, it becomes our experience because it will become our confession. It will become our declaration. Thank you, Abba. In Jesus' holy name we declare. You may be seated. God bless you. Welcome to church. Praise God forevermore. All right. So last week, we started a new series called Moneyed. Amen. And I did share in that series that God wants you to prosper. Can you say that with me? God wants me to prosper. It is the will of the Father that I prosper. I want you to say it out loud. Say, it is the will of the Father that I prosper. Say it again. God wills and God desires that I prosper. And he has made provision for my prosperity. Hallelujah. All right. So we have established that I used the whole of um, last week's teaching to establish that it is the will of your father for you to prosper. That God has made provision for your prosperity in redemption. Can we say amen? Now, you know, some people have a problem with the prosperity gospel or with the prosperity message. I, I honestly don't know what their problem is. Um, you know, they, they have a problem with the prosperity message. Well, I, I want to tell you, there is no such thing as the prosperity gospel. There's only one gospel. Hallelujah. And it's the gospel that contains what Jesus did in his death, burial, and resurrection. Amen. That which Jesus did brought with it prosperity. We cannot deny that. And we say amen. We cannot be too pious to accept redemption and leave prosperity. It's a follow come. So you take the entire thing. Can we say amen? Amen. So we don't say, oh, yeah, 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 we're very pious and very sanctimonious. All we want to do is see Jesus. All we want to do is just enjoy Jesus. No, 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 no. Jesus, in his wisdom, brought prosperity to us, and we receive with a thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) Praise God forevermore. So what I want to do today, and very quickly as well, is to show you um, in depth, that number one, God's will is your prosperity. Did we establish that last week? Okay, so this week, I want to introduce to you a system of trust in the will of God for you. Amen? 
So we have shown you God's will. I want to use this week to talk about you trusting in that will. Can you say amen? So you know the will and then you begin to trust in the will of God. So the purpose of this conversation is so that God's people will take their trust out of the world system and put it in God's system and that God's system is called the blessing. Can we say that? The system of God is called what? The blessing. Okay? So that's the purpose. That's what we want to achieve in today's conversation. Now, if you look at the text that we read, and we're just going to begin to tear it, you know, just break it down, you know, slowly but surely. If you look at the text that we read, and you look at verse 23, you will arrive at the fact that Abraham was discussing his riches here. Now, he was discussing his riches and his wealth. And he said, I don't want it to be ambiguous about who blessed me. The end product of that conversation was his riches. It was tangible money. You understand what I'm saying? Riches. Re-what? Riches. It was not some ephemeral thing in the realms or something. It was money, wealth, resources, riches. Kudi. Ba, kudi, kudi, money. <laughs> that's, what, that's what the guy was talking about. Now, the other thing that you're going to note, because, you see, when people live in a world so long, they become so caught up with all kinds of ideas. That is not a reflection of God's idea. The next thing you would notice is that that riches, the way Abraham arrived at that riches was through a spiritual transaction. Are you hearing what I'm saying? These are the two things I want to establish here today. Number one, the end game was money, riches. And how he got there was through a spiritual conversation and a spiritual communication. Now, you know, people can sit here, and if you've been attending church long enough, you know that money, health, all of those things, they are the lesser, right? The greater is the fact that you have received eternal life. I get what I'm saying. Now, it is this greater that we preach all around the world. Because if you sit down here without having the full picture, you're going to think this is an African gospel. No, the gospel is the gospel. The gospel is relevant in Europe, is relevant in Asia, is relevant in China, is relevant anywhere. Why? Because the gospel is the conversation about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. What we will not deny is all that comes with it. Can you say amen? For example, health and healing comes with the gospel. Who forgives all our what? Iniquities and then does what? Who heals all our diseases. Now it doesn't matter where you live on this planet. It doesn't matter where anybody lives. If you're a believer, you would, some people might get to the place 
where they would need a healing in their body. And the doctors can't do anything about it. Jesus came with the forgiveness of sins, and then he also came with the healing for your body. And you say, Amen. So now let me tell you something. Here's how this thing works. When you come under the umbrella of the big picture, like you come under the umbrella of the big thing, which is salvation, right? You can decide which one, which one, you can decide what you want to take. For example, if you live in a place where prosperity, everything is already sorted, you don't need to look to God for your prosperity, so be it for you. But some people live in other places where they need to trust the Lord for their resources. And they need to know that God has made provision for that. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. Alright, so let's go right into the conversation for today. So when we look at verse 18 of Genesis 14, and this is going to be an in-depth teaching. I just want to... We might take like four hours, but we'll, we'll be done. <laughs> Amen. Let not your heart be troubled. <laughs> Raise God forevermore. In four hours only. Only. Especially if you are new to church, get ready. Four hours journey, you know. Or it will be worth it. <laughs> Praise God forevermore. Oh, glory to God. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine... He was the priest of God Most High. And, verse 19, he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of God Most High, possessor of heaven and the earth. Now, I want, I want to, you know, just begin to explore this text. Alright, so it says, Blessed be Abram, of God. In other words, Abraham is or Abraham is blessed of God. So the blessing that Abraham has received is of God. Okay. Now he says it is God most high. Now listen, church, you know that he did not have to put God most high. If I had just said God, it would still make sense. Yeah. Why did he have to put most high? You know, if he had just said, blessed be Abraham of God, we know who he's talking about. But there's something contained in the Most High I want to show you. So, the word Most High, alright, the word Most High means the Supreme One. Write that down, please. The word Most High means the Supreme One. It also means the higher one. It also means lofty. It also means an elevation. It also means uppermost. It also means upper or higher. That word most high is El Elyon. E-L-Y-O-W-N. The word most high also means to go up. It means to go up. It means to ascend. Now, if you didn't get anything I said, please get that I said El Elyon means to go up or to ascend. 
Now, this El Elyon, very interestingly, has its roots, its roots in three Hebrew words, three Hebrew letters. Now, if you have been attending church, you know that I talk about the fact that the Hebrew letter is um, represented by um, numbers and sometimes pictures. Okay? So you get this now because he says, Blessed be Abraham. Now I'm taking this slow because I want this thing to sink. This thing is going to bless you. Believe me. Believe me. Believe me, I'm telling you. You see, one of the things I love about scripture is that there are no accidents. There's no mistake. Everything is, everything is accurate. You only need to be looking at scripture with religious eyes. For you to be confused. Or for scripture to contradict itself. So El Elyon has its roots in three Hebrew words. The first one is the Hebrew letter Ayin. Write it down. A-N-A-Y-I-N. Ayin. El Elyon also has another Hebrew letter called Lamed. Not Ahmed, Lamed. <laughs> L-A-M-E-D. And then El Elyon has another Hebrew letter called He. Now, the word, the Hebrew letter Ayin is described with a picture of the eye. The Hebrew letter Ayin is described with the picture of, of the eye. And it simply represents to watch or to see. Ooh, this is going to bless you. Alright, to watch or to see. Now, um, how many of you realize that part of the way that you get to know something is through what you see? For example, I see he's wearing an Arsenal jersey and it is red in color. I know what he's wearing. Trophies? Good. So, Ayin represents the eye. Lamed, interestingly, represents a shepherd's staff. Lamed represents a shepherd's staff, number one. It also represents the staff that they used to bind two oxes together. You know that when, how many of you have seen um, oxen, oxen or whatever, plowing, right? There's something they used to join them together. Lamed speaks of a shepherd's staff or an instrument for joining two things together. And then, of course, we know what hay represents. How many of you know what hay represents? Grace. So, interestingly, the Bible says that Abraham is blessed of God most high. The word most high is El Elyon. And it means that your eyes is able to see the shepherd leading you to grace. Your eyes sees the shepherd leading you to grace. That's what most high means. Eyes, shepherd stuff. But you might ask your question. So why is it the, uh, the bull or the, the joining of two oxen together? Same thing. Your eyes sees 
that there is an instrument that has joined you and Abba together, leading you to grace. Interestingly, that is the blessing. Now, you follow, you see that it makes theological sense. Because when we now come to the new covenant, we are told that blessed is the man whose sins are forgiven. When your sins are forgiven, the other thing is that you are joined to the Lord. Now, who did that? The good shepherd. Now, your eye sees the good shepherd, your heart believes, and then you have been led to grace. No wonder the Bible says that Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. It was not for Isaac. No! It was a bigger story that was being talked about in the conversation. So imagine that the Bible says blessed is Abraham of God most high. So it's not just God. He's most high. There's a description of this God. So now listen to me. What El Elyon therefore means is that the blessing that Abraham received was such that his eyes sees the shepherd leading him to grace. Leading him away from the system of this world. And then he follows that leading. The Bible says he has gone up. Brothers and sisters, you can go up before you go up. Let me explain what that means. You can go up in your thinking before you go up in rapture. Oh, you, you didn't hear me. Before Jesus comes back again, you can already go up and be up. The Bible says we are seated together with him in heavenly places far above. So understand what I'm saying. So now listen to this. When Abraham was blessed... He removed himself, or the blessing removed him from the system of earth. He ascended. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He went up. He ascended. He went up. So, El Elyon means to go up. So, when he received the blessing, he went up. Now, you say, purely, you say he went up, but he was still down. He went up. He has gone up. So, Ayin, Lamed, He. Say that with me. Ayin, Lamed, He. Say it again. Ayin, Lamed, He. What does Ayin mean? Eyes. What does Lamed mean? Or... That stick that they used to bind two oxen together. It's very, it's very important that you get this. And what does hay represent? So every time your eyes is fixed on the shepherd who is leading you to God's grace, you're going up. Every time your eyes is fixed on the shepherd who is leading you to the grace of God, you have ascended. So we say amen, church. Now you, you ask yourself, Every detail in the Bible is there for a reason. There's nothing put there because God, there's no space. So let's quickly waste ink on something. Everything has a meaning. So it's of God, but the character of God is described. He's most high, he's El Elyon. Now, you know why it's important for his character to be described? Because if his character is not described, religious people will give him a character. That is not who he is. His name is already El Elyon. He's the one who causes people's eyes to see the shepherd that leads them into grace. Do you get it? All right, let's continue. So, after this happened, 
Alright, the Bible says, let's go back to that text and then we'll just start to fly. So it says, blessed be Abraham of God most high, possessor of the heavens and the earth. And blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hands. And then he gave him a fight of them all. Now, let's continue. Now the king of Sodom, look at this. So, the king of Sodom said to Abraham, give me the persons and take the goods for yourself. But Abraham said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord God most high. Stop. So, look at, let's, let's give you an imaginative illustration right now. As God, as Melchizedek was blessing Abraham, imagine that there is a picture. Alright? And that picture is Abraham's eyes are open. He sees the shepherd leading him to grace. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Alright? So he sees the shepherd leading him to grace. And the Bible says El Elyon means to ascend. So raising my hand was not just a religious cliche. Think about it. Have a vision. Yeah, think about it now. So have a vision. To ascend, right? El Elyon means to ascend. So the moment his eyes were open to see the shepherd leading him to grace, this is what he did. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's what he did. Take me up. Think about a child. Carry me. Do you see that kind of thing? So take me up. And then the moment his hand went up, he's engaged now. Somebody is now holding it and he's taking him up to another level, to a system of trust that is of God. So he said, my hands are already raised. I'm engaged. I can't put my hands down anymore. Are you getting what I'm saying? So he, so he says, I have, that's, you came late. Before you came, Melchizedek had come and had spoken to me and gave me a better offer. Those of you who are career people, you understand what better offer means now. You understand? Just, just before you came, somebody has given me a better offer. Now let me tell you, Abraham had worked under the two systems. He had worked under the system of the earth. Now somebody's giving me an offer of working. When he was working under the system of the earth, they were paying him as a mercenary. Now that he has subscribed to a bigger system, he's a possessor. Two different things. Two different things. So at first, he was receiving, (laughs) you know, peanuts. But now, my hands are raised to the possessor of the heavens and the earth. I'm engaged. And the idea is that he's taking me away from the system of the world. That's the idea. So, listen to me. Because of superior, because of superior promise, I can leave the inferior. I can do away with the inferior. Now, are you hearing what I'm saying? So now let me further the conversation. Then the Bible says, long before Sodom came, he paid his tithe. Now listen to me, everybody. Look at me. The blessing, pay attention to this. The blessing contained what God had provided. And the blessing contained a promise of ascension. Abraham was only responding by giving the tithe. 
He didn't give the tithes to provoke the blessing. He didn't give the tithes to make the blessing happen. He didn't give the tithes so that God will open up the windows of heaven to pour out a blessing that you will not have room enough. That was not the focus of the, of the giving of the tithes. The focus of the tithes was because his eyes were open to see the shepherd leading him to grace. He already knew he was already blessed. So his tithing was a response, was not to provoke. Hello, church. Can you hear me? The tithing was a response, was not to provoke. Provoke God with your tithe. Provoke God with your tithe. No, 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 no. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. It's all, the giving in the new covenant is always a response. Always. You're not provoking nothing. Okay, where were you to provoke him to send his son? No, start to provoke. Where were you to provoke to send his son? Now, there's this plenty talk, plenty conversation right now in the atmosphere concerning the tithe. This is scripture's take. You know, I don't teach my idea, but how many of you know? Uh, I teach scripture. This is scripture's take. The tithe was never an instrument of legalism. The tithe was always a demonstration of trust. The tithe preceded the law. Now hear me. Grace, as you know, grace preceded the law. How many of you know grace preceded the law? Good. So grace preceded the law. And I can boldly tell you that the tithe preceded the law. So the tithe was not something that was done to provoke God to do something. The tithe was something that was done in response to that which God had already done. Hello church, are you hearing what I'm saying? It was in response. So, blessed be Abraham of the most high, of the one who takes us up. The one who takes us up. Now listen, possessor of heaven and earth. And then after he received that blessing, he gave a tithe in response. Can we say amen? Amen. So the tithing is not giving to provoke God to do something. Now let me also explain this. Now you know that we see Abraham giving the tithe in response, right? But the tithe also shows up after the law has been given in Exodus 20, right? But now it's no longer in response. It's now a command. I get what I'm saying. It's now a command because a system has changed. The system has moved from the tithe of, um, of from the tithe before the law to now tithing under the law. So tithing under the law is a command, is a transaction. You do, then I do. If you don't do, I don't do. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So it's now a command. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. If you don't bring it, there will be fire and brimstone. If you bring it, all right, then you will be blessed. I will open up the heavens and cause uh, um, the storehouse to pour out and all of that. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you getting what I'm saying? Now I feel like a celebrity. Can you? <laughs> 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 
the two systems are different. Under the law, the tithe is given, all right, um, what's it called? To command, to provoke God to do something. Under grace, the tithe is given, all right, in response to that which God has already done. Now look at me, everybody. Look at me, everybody. I want to say something, and then because this is not what, what I want to touch today. Many people, many believers, who argue against the tithe do not understand a couple of things. And I explain. First, the tithe under the law was not actually 10%. It was about 20-something percent. <laughs> because, <laughs> wait, wait, Chilo, it was about 22 or something percent. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Under the law. Now, the idea is that you tithe to the Levites, the priests of the house, you tithe to the temple, and you tithe to the poor. So by the time you do all of that, all right, about 20-something percent has gone out of your income. Can we say amen? amen. Now listen, I, I want to share this because this is very important. Now, under grace, you are, you, we are no longer under an obligatory giving. We are under a free will giving. Listen. That is in response to what Jesus has already done. Now, you have to get me, because I want to say this. When Abraham saw what God had blessed him with, he responded. You hear what I'm saying? Today, today, the body of Christ, believers, all right, should not be trying. You see, a lot of the people who argue about tithing and all of that, they are trying to hide stinginess against the argument. They don't give. And they don't want to give. And I can tell you that because here I am free yeah, from the opinions of anybody. Plus, this is not an attempt to get the offering to increase or the tithes to increase. No. Let me tell you, I'm a, hum, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a student of human behavior, bar. so I understand that no matter what you say, many times people will do what they want to do. But hear me so that you hear the truth. If you truly, listen, if you have truly moved from under the law and you are now under grace, how many of you know that in everything, if you look at the book of Romans, how many of you realize that in everything it says much more? Much more they which are under, you know, who have received the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life. You know that there's always much more. Hey, church, look at me. You know that there's always much more under grace. <laughs> so what this means is that if you actually sit under the idea that your sins are forgiven, that God is no longer angry with you, that there's no obligation towards you, it's not supposed to be a less more. It's supposed to be a much more. So the, the, the real thing now is this. The tithe, as we know it, as we see it under Abraham, was not 
a legalistic thing. It was a response thing. So if a person in their, in their growing up, hear me well, if a person in their growing up, in their relationship with Jesus, still needs something to guide them that is 10%, The difference is that we don't say you will die. God will punish you. Your bank account will be, will be squeezed. If you don't tight, your rope will be tight. If you don't tight, you will be tight. If you don't... See, listen, listen. What Jesus did has brought you into a abundance of provision. Nothing you do can provoke more. The only thing you have to do is respond. And if we know, if um, the, the measure that we truly know that you have come into grace is that your response will be more. Yes. Hey, say yes, say yes, say yes, say yes. Look at, this is the response. Hear me, church. This is the response. Lord, what can I give you? Lord, what can I give you? How can I thank you? He that is loved much, you know, gives, right? So, what did she do? How can I thank you? One year's wage. She poured it. One year's wage, Oga. She means, how can I thank you? Your, what, how can I thank you is, take this peanut. But another person, how can I thank you is, take one year's wage of, of gifts. Oh boy. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Church, can you hear what I'm saying? But is it not, how can I thank you? How can I thank you enough? One is bringing a, a, a year's wage. Another person is bringing peanuts. You know there's nothing I can give but to say thank you, Lord. Almighty Father. There is nothing to give you but to say thank you, Lord. So people, listen, I'm going somewhere with this and I'm not going to miss my, my thoughts. So people hide, listen, people hide their mistrust in the blessing. On that. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. How can you say this? You better grow into that trust. Grow into that trust. I'm telling you. I'm serious. Grow into that trust. Can we say amen? amen? Grow into that trust. Let me tell you. Sweetheart, if you can't trust God with what the Bible calls unrighteous mammon, you say you trust him for your healing. Really? Really? No, it's not that you don't trust him. Hmm? It's not that you don't trust him. It's that the proof of that trust, you have not put it in your heart when it comes to money. So it's your heart that will be questioning you. No, God has healing for you and he's not questioning you. But it's your heart that will be questioning you. And your heart should be silenced. Do you understand? But the idea is that because you've not trained your heart to trust God with your resources, that heart is questioning you now that you're trusting God for your healing. So train, it, train, it, train your heart all around. Oh boy. Train your heart all around. So giving under the new covenant... Is a response and it is a system of trust. Can we say amen? amen? Hello, church. Can we say amen? amen? 
Let me touch on this a little. Let me just stay a little bit more on this. Tightening the new covenant is not eradicated. Tightening the new covenant just doesn't have the fear of torment and judgment and tribulation and all of that. In the new covenant, it's now even elevated. Because there's a much more. So it's now elevated. It's, it's now a demonstration of trust. So it's even elevated. I just told you that under the law, 10% was not the requirement. It was about 20-something percent. So now, some people in their school, in their school of trusting the Lord, they've gotten up to 90. Some have gotten up to 80. They are not afraid of judgment. The day I don't pay my tithe, God is not going to strike me from heaven. No, you're not dying anywhere. God is not going to strike you. It is the goodness of the Lord that leads you to repent. Guess what? The day you don't pay your tithe, the next week he will bless you more. Quote me anyway. The next week he will bless you more. Because he's training you. He's child trained. He's a pediatrician. He's child trained. He's training you. But you must allow your heart to be trained. So you see that letting it go is training your heart. God has got nothing to do with it. <laughs> Hello. God has blessed you. He's not going to reverse it. He's not going to. He's not going to. I'm telling you, church. He's not going to. Can we say amen? amen. Hello, church. Are we still friends? Can we say amen? Amen. So we don't live under any judgment or condemnation. And let me tell you, for the sake of this teaching, I want to stay with what I'm teaching because I can quickly go into other things. I'm telling you. It's doing me to go into other things, but I want to stay with what we're discussing. So let me just, let me just bring you these ideas. I'll soon be done. Are you being blessed? Hello, church. Are you being blessed? So I've talked to you about... I just want to really hit this thing home. So I've talked to you about the idea that Abraham saw a superior thought. He subscribed to it. He raised up his hands and wouldn't allow himself to trust the system of this world. So listen to me. When it comes to money, people are either trusting God's system, which is the blessing, or they are trusting the system of this world. Now listen. What did I say in the first episode? God's will is what? God's will is what? Let's assume Pastor April wills, or I will that Pastor April flies first class. Look at Tito. I bought the ticket. We've paid for Airbnb for where she's going to stay. You know, six star, you know, eight star, Sharjah. You know, we've paid for something. And all we've been trying to do for six years is to get her on the plane. No, don't worry. You see, you see, you see, you see, you see, my, my, my dear brother, you can say ah ah because it's something you can see. That's what's happening with this thing. 
All we've been get, trying to do for six years is to get her on the plane. And she just won't trust. She probably doesn't trust my heart that I'm generous enough. She probably doesn't trust, you know, she thinks it's a scam. You know, maybe one day they even drive her all the way to the airport. Then she gets to the plane. She does like, huh? 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 You see, the reason why you are saying, ah, Piyodi, how far? Is because you are civilized, Dabi. Think about you go to the village and you go and carry one old woman. She may not even be old, but unexposed. I say, Mama, come. Or Auntie, come. We have something for you. Come. We want to take you abroad. Ha! When she sees that stuff like this, like, ha! Even when I won't go kill me, I know they go. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And then you try and try and try. I'm telling you, that thing can take six years. They are still begging her, Mama, you know, go die. Mama said, I know they go. This, so the idea is that we're trying to get you, ma, to leave what you know in the village and trust our hearts enough to come and follow us and enter plane. The woman said, no. Take what I have just said now, bring it back to finances. God's will for you is prosperity. You've heard it. You've seen it. Now, the idea is to get you to trust that will. There will be pullbacks. There will be thoughts. There will be ideas. My brother and sister, you think that that thing Abraham won was not talking to him? You think he wasn't talking to him? See, let me tell you, in those days, they go to war with trinkets, silver, gold. They go, if you come back from spoils of war, <laughs> you're an ogre. And you know what I'm saying? So, and then God just, Melchizedek came, offered him wine, right? And then blessed him. Really? All that you gave me is the blessing. Just blessing, spoke words only. I told you during the week that Isaac, when he was blessing Jacob, he didn't give him a dime. He sent him forth with words. And then the Bible says that when Isaac was blessing Jacob, he says, I have sustained you. Hear the words of the blessing. I have sustained you with corn and wine. I didn't give him grain. I have sustained you with corn and wine. You know what corn and wine is? It's economic power. Because that was the trade at that time. Guess what? He's sustaining this man with corn and wine. He didn't give him a seed of corn. He didn't give him a seed of grape. And he sent him forth. The guy came back under the blessing with two companies. Yes, yes, yes. He went with one staff, one staff, one staff. He came back. He, staff. I'm not saying staff as per worker. I'm saying staff as per stuff to work with. Then he came back with, with, under, with words. My dear, words are not just words, though. Words are not words. Words are not words depending on who knows that they are talking what they are saying. <laughs> you see, hey, Kelapia, thank you, dear Holy Spirit. As we are talking, he's giving us words. You understand? Yes, look at what look at what Isaac did. Ah, I, I, come. I can I can I can use you. Stand behind me and hold my weight. Hold my weight. When I put my weight on you, hold it. Look at hold my weight. If I fall. If I fall, you go bring, you go bring Katsuro. <laughs> stand here, stand here, stand here. Look at what Isaac did when he was blessing Jacob. Leaning on the covenant, he was speaking words. Listen, you didn't get what I just said. You understand it in the name of Jesus. I say you understand it in the name of Jesus. I say your understanding is open in the name of Jesus. Look at what Isaac did. 
He was leaning on the covenant and speaking words. Hold me, hold me. Come for, come forward. And just don't let me. So, leaning on the covenant, he was blessing the man. With eyes fixed on the shepherd, he was blessing the man. Do you know that you too, leaning on what Jesus has done, you can bless your future. You can bless your, your career. You can bless things in your life, leaning fully on the covenant. And we say amen. amen. Sit down, sir. Are you being blessed in this service? So let's go a step further. So now, at least you understand what I'm trying to say. That it is the response to the blessing that actually determines how much of it you get. And it's a system of trust. So tithing does not, ceases to be a conversation. You're not under any law. There's no law. God is not angry. Some of you think God is schizophrenic. He's angry today. God is never angry. He will never be angry. Ha! Hey! Do you know the boiling oil that God have used to boil that woman that was caught in adultery? Do you know the boiling oil that used to boil her first? Jesus. Hey, come, come. No, no, sit down. I'm just saying, come, 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 madam, come. Come. You say you did what? <laughs> they caught you where? They, they caught you where? Come. I want to, it's people like you I'm going to use as a, <laughs> I'm going to use as an example. Come, come, come. Say, set up the fire, set up the fire. Mm-hmm. And they are setting it up. You know all those wicked people, they are setting it up. They are setting it up, they are putting wood, they are putting everything. And they say, bring her, bring her. Oh yeah, let's start to show you. Put your eye. Put your eye. And then she puts her eye inside the fire. And then the thing fries the eyes more. Ah! There's no guilt. There's no condemnation. There's no judgment. So now when believers hear this, like that woman who poured one year's wage, that's our response of trust. We pour. Listen to me. It is this response that seems, it's not, it's not missing. It just seems to be missing in the body of Christ. But let me say this. Let me say this. This response is what is missing in people who are arguing against tithes. Now, believe me, you know I don't call anybody's names here. I don't. Many people will take what Dr. Kreflo has said and go and broadcast it. Go and check the man's giving. You might be afraid. And he didn't start doing that when he became Creflo. Are you getting what I'm saying? But now what he's really removing people from is from the system of bondage that, that makes you believe that if you don't pay your tithe, all right, that God is going to curse you, that you're under any this thing. So it's now, it's not I'm, I have to, it's now I get to. I get what I'm saying. Uh-huh. Is I get to do it now because I am thanking God for removing me from the system of the law. Is now a get to in response to God's goodness. And this kind of giving never makes me proud. It never makes me full of myself. 
Because when I do a billion, I'm not saying, ha, now because of me, that church is stand now. <laughs> watch me, watch me. If I slide back from that church now, they go forward, now my money now. <laughs> you understand? It keeps you, you say, Lord, this is my giving in response to your goodness. And we say, Amen. Amen. Now, church, this is the blueprint church position on this matter. And it is scriptural. Under the new covenant of God's amazing grace, it is no, it's not, tight is even the least blessed. It's now generous giving. It doesn't cancel out the tithe. It's just, it's just, it, the tithe is, for, the tithe is for those who are still trying to learn how to trust the Lord. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because under the law, it was about 20-something percent. So there's a way you grow, grow in grace and in knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The conversation will not be 10% monthly. Because Lord, I'm demonstrating my trust in you. Let's go 80. Let's go 40. Let's go 35. Let's go 40. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying. It is that trust that I want to, that I'm talking about today. Let me not say I want to because it looks like I'm just starting. <laughs> now look at me, everybody, please. I want to say something by the Spirit of God. Are you being blessed? Yes, sir. This is financial literacy, but it's kingdom finance. Yes, sir. It's kingdom finance. Now, let me share something with you. It is building this trust that we are discussing right now. Building this trust. Building this trust lavishly. There's no judgment. There's no condemnation. We build this trust in heaven's system. Now, hear this. Abraham has gone up. Sodom is trying to bring him down. He said, no, I'm not coming down. My, my mother did not give birth to him. I'm not coming down. I've done that. I've moved past that. I trust the Lord. Now, we're all faith people, right? You know, Abraham is faith man. How many of you know? Abraham had not seen any tangible possession, possessor of heaven and earth. No tangible. Nothing. Only words. He chose his weight on it. He, see, he throws his weight on it to the, to the degree. Because many people think that when you, when you trust God, it's just a hard thing. I get. Hello? When you trust the Lord, he will show. There's, to the degree that he's doing something drastic to, to show that he has put his trust elsewhere. It's not, a, it's not bad for your trust to be in your heart. But as we go forward, our trust we show. Lord, we trust you, we trust you, Lord, we trust you. The wall of Jericho will come down, we trust you. They say, march around, they say, hey, Lord, we trust you. Ah, we trust, ah, Lord, it's not you. You are good. March around this thing. At some point, I trust you, Lord, begin to move you. We're going to move you. We're going to move. We're going to move. We're going to move. I trust you, Lord, we're going to move your finances. I trust you, Lord. Do you understand what I'm saying? So don't allow people who are trying to hide under stinginess determine this thing for you. Hey, I want to show things. Okay, Lord God Almighty. Okay, there's still time. 
Can you rejoice in the Lord? Glory! Woo! Glory to God. Alright, now let's look at uh, uh, this one. I'll breeze through it. I'll breeze through it like I'm, I'm telling you. In, in 15 minutes, I'm done. Proverbs 8 and verse 18. Go there quickly. I think I have established my point. Proverbs 8 and verse 18. Look at what it says. It says, it says, riches and honor are with me, enduring riches and righteousness. So, first things first, I've told you that God blessed Abraham, alright, possessor of El Elyon, your eyes seeing the shepherd leading you to grace. And then that's what it means to ascend. Brothers and sisters, you know that we are not trying to ascend. We have ascended already. Hello church. You are already ascended. You are seated together with him. Let me touch on this blessing thing because the Spirit of God wants me to touch on it. So, under Abraham, the blessing was separation from trusting the earth system. It was an ascension. In the new covenant, the blessing is also an ascension. The blessing is also a joining to the Lord. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So, that your sins are forgiven has put you on the God class. You're now one with the Lord. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. So, what Abraham was experiencing under, the, under grace, you know, he was experiencing that ascension. That removed him from trusting the system of this world. You have experienced it already in Christ. The difference now is that we are now training you to respond like so. Hello. Respond like so. Now. All of you here know what it means to respond like so. You know when I was preparing this teaching. The spirit of God told me. These people understand what you are about to teach them. Because you do it in your everyday life. How many of you. Put everything on a pause during the month. Soap finished, you couldn't buy. This one finished, you couldn't buy. That one finished, you couldn't buy. Then an alert came down. Here's what your body will begin to do. Because you trust that credit you have received. Are you getting something? Because you trust that credit you have just received. You, you know it's there. You know. Your body starts to move into the supermarket. Give me that. Give me that. Give me that. Based on what is in your account, but you start to ask. I told you one time that a millionaire hit my account. I think sometime in 2016. My dear, at that time I did not have the intelligence I have now. God is my witness. As soon as that money dropped, I entered the car. The car, not my car. The car. I entered it and went to Ikeja City Mall Street. As I parked, I came down. You know, the walk is different. I came down and I was walking in. I remember walking into a cellular cello uh, mall. And I, you know, this cellular brand. I went in there. I said, how much is this jeans? They told me 35K. Me, that before. Me. Me. 35 worth. I said, ah, that's, that's affordable. That's affordable. Put it in the basket. <laughs> Just look straight. I'm not describing you. Just look straight. I said, put, put that in the basket. Then I went. Guess what? I was buying two colors of some things. Eh, don't worry. Don't worry. Should be what I'm saying now. I'm just trying to explain to you that you understand what I'm saying. 
You can trust something when it hits your account that moves you to begin to take action. Some of you quickly, it might not be a move to somewhere, but you quickly send the rent money. It's trust. If you were busy sitting down somewhere asking, has the money come? Has money not come? Has money come? Has money not come? You won't do anything. But because you know the money is there, you start to move. Same way, because you know you are blessed. You start to respond to the blessing. So, let's get this out of the way. Proverbs 18, Proverbs 8 and verse 18. It says, riches and honor are with me, enduring riches and righteousness. So, there's a difference between riches and enduring riches. Hello? He says, riches and honor are with me. This is wisdom talking. I don't have the time to start to go through the entire thing, right? So, this is wisdom that is talking, right? And it says, riches and honor are with me. Yea, enduring riches and righteousness. Now, wisdom is not an abstract thing. Wisdom is a person. The Bible says Christ has been made unto us, what? Wisdom from God. So think about this as Jesus talking to you. Jesus is saying, riches and honor are with me. Yea, enduring riches and righteousness. Now, the question I want to ask you is, why does he make a distinction between riches and enduring riches? What's the difference? I'll show you. Turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter number 6, 19 to 24. What's the difference between riches and enduring riches? Matthew 6, from verse 19 to 24. Here's the difference. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. What, do, what is riches? Riches allows you to lay up treasures for yourself on earth. Hey, how many of you guys like toys? I mean, nice Brabos toys. Come on, guys. Guys, don't fall my hand now. Nice trucks. Ladies, y'all. How many of you like, you know... Earthly possessions. Oh, you're only going to heaven. <laughs> See how they are looking at me. You're only going to heaven. You don't like some nice perfume? Some nice, you know. I mean, look at Esther's shades. This guy actually looks so Yankeeish. Yeah? Some nice Peruvian, Brazilian, Italian, Mongolian, Serbian. You understand? So look, 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 look at this. I mean, nice home in Banana Island. Nice this. Nice trip to, to Hawaii. Everybody understands that. That's riches. Lay up treasures for yourself on earth. So what is riches? Riches is that which we use to lay up treasures for ourselves on earth. Gold, watches, and all of that. Jesus is talking. Jesus, the wisdom of God. He says, I give you riches and honor. So he's not saying, don't buy clothes. Because I give you riches and honor. Then he now goes on to enduring riches and righteousness. Here's what church people do sometimes. They like the riches. But they don't realize there is something called enduring riches. Brothers and sisters, I don't know that company. 
that can tell you that they will give you something, that you buy something from them that will last forever. Show me, we'll go there together. Your iPhone, look at the, look at the play on stuff. Your iPhone, when you buy it, the moment you buy it, it starts to depreciate. The car, too, everything. Now, God is not saying, don't buy it. But he's giving you intelligence for living life. So let's look at that scripture again. I'll soon be done. Don't worry. Are you enjoying this? Yes, sir. He says, do not lay up for yourselves what? Treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. How many of you know that people have safes where they put, where they store valuables, jewelries, all of those things. They put them in safes and they lock them up. That's the essence of money heist. It is real. They go in there, they break it, they take the stuff. I was sharing with someone during the week. I said, I can't remember who, I can't remember right now. I said, God forbid that I'll make it my life's goal to purchase something eh, that somebody will from his sleep buy and not make noise. Let's imagine that my life's goal is to own a Rolls Royce. My life's goal, my life's goal. Somebody wakes up from sleep without thinking, without praying, without talking about anything. He goes to buy it. See, let me tell you, if it is truly my life's goal, I'll be depressed. This thing I've been using all my energy to try to gather. Somebody just woke up. One guy woke up one morning and in 72 hours, he has 250 million. Hey, it's not fair. <laughs> it's not fair. Meanwhile, you, you wake up in the morning, you jump us, you jump us, you do this, you do that. When you come back, 30K, 30K. 30K is a luxury. It's a luxury. Somebody sat down in his house. Oh, God punished the devil. Somebody sat down in his house and tweeted something. 250 million. The devil is a liar. I don't lay up treasures for myself where things rot. This is the wisdom of God. You have that resource. You have that money. Or you have that nice car. I heard that someone gave Pastor Paula de France a Rolls Royce. And the thing was parked in the garage of the church for more than two years. All the tires, less, everything. He wasn't driving it. Hey. 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 That's how you know that you've entered wealth. But let me hear, hear, hear something. Though. This thing can enter your spirit first. So that you don't misbehave like me. When physical money comes. So now you can buy a good car and don't post it on social media. You are free. You are free from accolades. You are free from them gang. You are free. And you don't need to do anything to prove a point to anybody. So look at the use of resource. Jesus is talking. Let's read it together. Everybody, let's echo it together. I want to go. It says, do not what? Lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves 
treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Let's read the other one. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Stop. You get it now? So what's the difference between riches and enduring riches? To the, the, the thing to which it is put. Hello? Whatever you put it to is what determines what is riches and enduring riches. Now, the difference between riches is that riches is good, alright? But God never designed that riches will guide you. Hello? So it is enduring riches that we use. So, the difference between, and now God, Jesus is now showing you in his wisdom what trusting the Father's desire is. Trusting the blessing. Trusting the blessing now means that you will lay up treasures for yourself in the kingdom where no more. Wait, let me ask you. Last time I checked, if you, if you make a billion naira, I, I say these things because the Spirit of God told me that you are wise. If you make a billion, let's say $10,000, how many of you are going to put it in a bank that you know will fold up tomorrow? Okay. Put it in a bank that you know the possibility of go, them going to steal it is there. You won't, right? You see how you're saying, ah uh-uh. Some of you are even saying, ah uh-uh, are you really asking me that? Jesus is saying you understand it. That every time your resource goes more into things that perish, you are saying that that's where your treasure is. And every time your resource goes into things that are eternal, you are saying that's where your treasure is. So brothers and sisters, no be for mouth. <laughs> Amen. Now do you feel condemned? Do you feel judged? Do you feel fear? That's the gospel. So I'm rich, I'm rich towards God. I'm rich, I'm rich towards the kingdom. Now, see, don't say, I trust the Lord. I trust the Lord. I trust the Lord. I trust the Lord. Lord, you know I trust you. Some of you, are, you'll be whining in my seat. Hey, God. Lord, you, Lord, you know I trust you. Lord, 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 you know. How can you be spending time convincing yourself that you trust somebody? <laughs> right, you're convincing. Lord, you know I trust you. You know I trust you. At some point, you move from Lord, you know, Lord, you know, to demonstrate. <laughs> Free yourself from the system of this world. Raise your hand up. Put your hand. Lord, my hands are raised. I see the shepherd. He has brought me into your grace. And I stay there. My hands are raised. Now, listen. Listen, I said this during the week. And I want to say it again. When the system of this world starts to talk and starts to define you and starts to try to they tell you the price of this has gone up, you say, my hands are raised. It's been raised a long time ago. I don't belong. I don't belong. They're not talking to me. <laughs> They're not talking to me. Let's continue. And now this is probably where I'm going to stop today. Let's read verse 22. I have more to say, but 
I'll probably just stop here. I think you get it. Next week, I will continue from here. Let's read verse 22 together. Want to go? Uh huh. Stop. The lamp of the body is what? Remember the eye that sees the shepherd that brings you to grace? Thank you. The, the lamp of the body. So listen to me, church. What determines the light with which you are doing life with is what your eyes is seeing, what your ears are hearing. The lamp of the body is the eye. <laughs> no, no, no. The lamp of the body is not your bank account. The lamp of your body is not your education. Your education, whether it is a third class or a first class, cannot determine how far you go in life. Is your eyes. Is who your eyes is fixed on. <laughs> hey, Pastor, I came out with a third class. Now nobody wants to give me a job. The lamp of the body is the eye. When you behold the lamb slain, and you see that in Christ Jesus there are opportunities for you. No longer with your academics determine where you go to in life. You know, some of some people, nice, wonderful people, great people, their whole esteem has been tarnished simply by they put third class on their degree. The devil is a liar. Now, now, from that day, it will take them another 20 years to break off that nonsense. Because one professor who did not, who doesn't even use what he is teaching, put a third class on your certificate. Now you're going through life like this. I'm a failure. Why didn't you get the job? Third class. Do you have the Holy Ghost? Do you know that the whole, and I feel the power of God now, the Holy Ghost can raise your class. And in Christ Jesus, the Holy Ghost has raised your class. You can submit CV bar, and you have the Holy Ghost. I am praying in other tongues. And when I, you know, the Bible says the days of ignorance, God has overlooked. You know, when I, when I got that third class, let's assume I didn't know what I was doing. Now I'm in Christ. And I understand better. Do you understand? This thing can't define me. If I want that job, I'll get it. And you begin to engage who you are. Good fortune to all the first class people. Good blessing to all of y'all. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But I will not allow a degree to determine how far my life goes. So I stay sitting like that. This job, I want it and I'll get it. Then they say, hey, you know, it has never happened before in this organization that we waive the academic qualification. But for you, we just feel like waving. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Never again. Will your class determine? <laughs> Some of you, they, they gave you French edu. Hey. My brother, French, French, then Edu. No, I'm not trying anybody. I'm just talking. Glory to God. My eyes are this way. Japanese Edu. Eh? And then now, the, in Japanese education, they now still gave you third class. And you know, if you came out with a third class, say they gave me. <laughs> But if you made a first class, I made. 
Now we change the narrative. God has made me a success in life because I am in Christ Jesus. Praise God forevermore. Are you being blessed today? So the lamp, and this is why I'm going to close today. You know I'm closing. The lamp of the body is the eye. Now he now goes on to say, if your eye be good. He says, if therefore your eyes is good, your whole body will be full of light. Now, if you read another translation, if your eye be what? Single. Your whole body will be full of light. What does single mean? Focused. Dove's eye. You know that doves, they are called lovebirds for a reason. Lovebird can only place, can only see one thing at a time. So when they say lovebirds, it's actually because scientifically proven the dove can only look at one thing at a time. So when the other half is there, they can't look at another thing and still be looking. So their eyes are fixed on the dove and the dove's eyes fixed on the dove. Mm. In Songs of Solomon, there are two places where people are described as dove's eye. One, the king is talking to his bride. The other one, the bride is talking to the king. One, Jesus is talking to his church. The other one, the church is talking to Jesus. So guess what? If his eyes are fixed on you, you fix your eyes on him. Don't be wondering. Don't be going here, here, move here, move here. Keep your eyes. Keep your focus. Now the Bible says if your eyes are single, your body will be full of light. Now it now goes on to say, if your eyes be evil, your body will be full of darkness. Then it goes on to say, so great will this darkness be. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, that is the light that is in a man is darkness. In other words, that which they are using to do light is darkness. What does this mean? This guy is doing life with darkness. Like, it's only the world system that holds my resources. There's no other place. No hope. Darkness. Ah. Then it, it controls their conversation. It controls how they think. They wake up perpetually depressed. They say, I have no dad, I have no mom, I'm alone in this world. Then they start to cry. Darkness. Then it gets to a point. They say, you know, we have to do this. When man has to do what he has to do to survive. Darkness. Ah. And it's painful darkness. They say, your whole body is, so that which is governing your conversation, governing your decision making. Darkness. Oh, no. Such a sad world for those kind of people. Such a sad world. It says, it says, now look at this. It says, if therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Now let's continue. We stop at verse 24. Look at where all the conversation is going. A body full of light. If your body is full of darkness, great lights, darkness. Look at where everything is stopping. Let's read verse 24 together. Everybody want to go? Uh huh. Uh-huh. 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 Look at it and I close here. So let's come down to the conversation. Abraham lifted up his hand. The conversation was for his riches. Abi? So his hands were up. He couldn't engage the world system. Then we, when we come to Proverbs, Proverbs says God gives riches and what honor it gives enduring riches and righteousness now the wisdom that is talking in proverbs now starts to tell us what this means do not lay up treasures for yourself on earth where moth and things destroy 
but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where no moth and all of that destroy. Then he says, concerning your finances, you either have light or darkness. The whole conversation all this why for Abraham it was his riches, for you is your riches. So in all that light, darkness, matter, he now comes to the point where he says, you cannot serve God and mammon. In other words, you cannot focus on God as your trust, which is the blessing, which is the heavenly system, and also focus on money, which is the world system. One has to give way for the other. In other words, look at me, church, and I'm closing on this one. God is either defining how far you can go or your money. I'm either trusting God with my resources or I'm trusting my money for my resources. And all these things, if, now listen, hey, hello church, how many of you have noticed that your whole body will go in the direction of your focus? Eh? Including your money. Eh? So he says, focus on me and be rich towards me. And watch me, I have already raised you up. You have ascended already. Live like so. That's the whole conversation. Moses' father, and Abraham's father of faith, right? We have come into faith, right? Meaning we act, we, we know that that's who we are, and we're going to act like so. Our reality catches up with our revelation, right? That's how we were supposed to live our lives, even with our giving. So what I'm saying is that the response to the blessing to God's will to prosper you is trust. And that trust causes you to part with resources. You see that thing? Now some of you might say, happy it is not that difficult. It's in your heart. That struggle, that back and forth. Should I? Should I not? Should I not? Should I not? Where will the next meal come? Where will the next? Eh? Let it go. Every giving is a demonstration of trust. The Christian's giving is always a demonstration of trust. I have four more minutes. Those of you who are in relationships here, you know what I'm talking about. Amen. The day you got up from Kano and you went by night to Port Harcourt on half a bench of a bus. Leg is spinning me, oh, let my leg go. You are still going. <laughs> then McQueen, you say, you don't know what I did to come here. You don't know. You get it. Say, P.O.D., P.O.D., um, ah, this girl doesn't get, she doesn't get. My last card. My last card. My last card. <laughs> so it's actually not difficult to empty bank accounts. <laughs> it's actually not. It's actually not. The issue is just your body. They, I mean, eh, eh. <laughs> Some of you think I'm not living in the world. You understand? The, 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 the difficult, the, 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 the difference is what is totally, you know? What is, what is butterfly in my stomach? 
So I say to today in this holy church. <laughs> it takes some of that totally. You understand? Look to Jesus. I say, Jesus, this love that you don't give me. My body day. <laughs> and then you move. And then you move. And then here's what you're doing now. You're demonstrating your trust in God's system. His system is called the blessing. And when he blesses you, he's called the possessor for a reason. That word possessor is creator. Another word for creator is owner. So here's what that scripture says. Abraham has been joined to owner. He doesn't go and partner with tenants. You see what they talk now? Owner, tenant. My brother, you are a small fry. This is the big deal. Say this with me. I trust the Lord. Say it again. I trust the Lord. Say it again. My trust is in the Lord. Have you been blessed? To your feet. Thank you for engaging yourself in this episode. The trust that your life has been beautified. If you'd like to share what Jesus is doing in your life through this ministry, please write to us at hello.blueprintstories.org. You can visit our website at www.blueprintstories.org. You can also follow us on Facebook at The Blueprint Church and on Instagram at The Blueprint Church. Share.